Revelation chapter 4 tonight. Turn to the in our study on the book of Revelation. Come to the things which shall be hereafter. Of course, last time we were in it. It's been a little while since we've been in it, but as we last looked into the book of Revelation, we looked at the rapture of the church, derived from the first verse of this chapter. Now we're going to look at something a little different. We're getting into the deeper part of the book of Revelation, really, and a little bit um, prolonging, I guess you could say. Um, it could be um, typically hard to preach some of these things, and so we'll try to go through it the best we can uh, with the liberty that we have and, and uh, see what we can come up with tonight. And... Um, if we can uh, finish this chapter, we'll be in good shape. And uh, I'm thankful that I'm, it says in verse 5, chapter 5, And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not, behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. That's my God. That's how I'm, I'm uh, rooted in there. Amen. Thank the Lord. Revelation chapter 4, verse 2, the Bible says, And immediately, I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone, and there was a rainbow round about the throne, in sight like unto an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats, and unto the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiments, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunders and voices, there were seven lamps of fire burning into the th before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. It tells us what they are. Thank the Lord for that. And before the throne there was a sea of glass, like unto the crystal, and in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. That's where it gets a little deep. And the first beast was like a lion, the second beast like a calf, the third beast had a face as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about them, and they were full of eyes within. They rest not day and night, saying, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty, which was, is, and is to come. When, the beasts, when those beasts gave glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne, and worship him that liveth forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord. Receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Thank you for listening to the reading of the scriptures. Lord, we love you. Help us tonight. We need your help. And thank you for this day, Lord. Help us, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, we looked at it and saw that the rapture of the church took place, and John is now in heaven. And as John was taken up into heaven, um, I'm looking for that day, aren't you? I'm looking for that day. We know John is a representative of all the churches, of the church as a whole. John being that representative, but also there's some other representatives according to the book of Revelation. But as we move to the next part of chapter 4, we see a throne and we see one sitting on the throne. And some sitting around the throne, we see a sea before the throne. And truly, truly, what we see here is beyond words. 
it's beyond measure. You can't comprehend it as much as I can comprehend. Excuse me, you can't comprehend it, and I can't comprehend it as much as I want to comprehend it is what I was trying to say. I'm truly amazed as I begin to dig in this passage. The first scene isn't moms and babies reunited in heaven. That's not the first scene. The first scene is not the son and the father who has passed reunited. The scene is not the daughter and the mother that's passed um, reunited. The scene that is there is not husbands and wives being reunited together or even friends, although that will be wonderful. But however, the first scene is heaven is around the throne of God. That's what's taking place in heaven when you get there. And I would like to look at the first sight that John saw in heaven. And I'm going to preach on the first sight in heaven. The first sight in heaven. I want you to notice, number one, there's a person. A person is seen on the throne. The Bible says, and immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven. And one sat on the throne, and he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and sardine stone, and there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. So the very first thing that John sees is the Lord God of creation sitting upon the throne of God. Now him being a representation of you and I tonight, that means that's the first things that we're going to see. The first thing is not going to be our family that we're going to be worried about. The first thing is not going to be babies. And the first thing is not going to be St. Peter standing in the gate. But the first thing that we're going to see when we get into that city is God. Amen for it. Imagine the glory in that. Remember, remember John is that representative. But that will be us soon. Is that we'll walk into that place and we'll see Jesus. We'll see God. There on the throne. And look at, look at how John tells us about God as he's, as he's looking at him and as he's seeing him as he first gets into the celestial city, as he sees him. Uh, he sees him, I believe, as the prevailing one. Uh, and he goes through and he says, there's a throne which is set in heaven. There's a throne set in heaven. Now this is the first thing that John sees. Uh, John does not see anything else, but he sees a throne. Uh, now the word throne deals with sovereignty. Uh, the word throne deals with authority. The word throne deals with prominence. Uh, nobody has a throne that is not in charge, right? Uh, nobody has that throne. And we know the one uh, that is on that throne is in a ruler. Uh, he's in charge of all things. Uh, we know that. And he prevails over all. Uh, and he's already finished it all, friend. Uh, and this wicked world may not bow to God's authority uh, and God's power right now. But one day, uh, all men will bow before him. Uh, And He is the one who prevails as He sits on the throne. And that is the first thing that John sees. He sees the prevailing one. He sees the preeminent one. He goes on and he says in verse 3, He says, And He that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. John tells us of what he sees when he sees Him. When he looks at Him, he sees a jasper. He sees a sardine stone. I find it ironic that he sees a stone because He is the stone that the builders rejected, that the builders set at naught. And He is the stone that he was hewn out of a mountain uh, and became the whole mountain. Uh, and that is this stone and this is God. Uh, and it's the creator of all of the universe. Uh, and the word, uh, it says there, it says uh, that he was, lo- was to look upon like uh, a jasper and a sardine stone. 
That doesn't tell us. That's we know that's uh, in symbolic language. Uh, and God is not a mineral. God is not just a stone. But His appearance reminded John uh, of the two precious stones, uh, the jasper stone. Uh, and if you do any study of the jasper stone, it's clear uh, in some cases, uh, and it's bright and it's radiant. Uh, and it's possible that this is actually the diamond. Uh, um, but I don't know. But uh, this is a splendid stone. When John looks upon him, he sees that stone. It's very interesting. This is very interesting. That then there is the sardine stone. And the sardine stone is a blood red stone. It's a red stone. And yes, God is in control of all things. But He is also the God of redemption. He's the only God that can save any man. And under that name and under that man can any man be saved. He is the God who's willing, not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. And that's this God. And that's what John saw. What a splendid view. He's the preeminent one. We see he's not only the preeminent one, but he's the pardoned one, the pardoning one. We see in verse 3 at the end, it says, A rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. Now to me, this is interesting to note. God's throne has an emerald rainbow about it, around it. And we know that the rainbow signals the fact that the storm has ended. It signals the fact that the storm has ended all the songs that we sung tonight. Uh, we'll leave all the sorrow. We'll leave all the things uh, outside of that gate. Uh, because when we get into that place, the storm will have ended. Uh, and we also know that the first rainbow was given uh, um, to Noah as a visible sign that God would never destroy the earth again uh, by a flood. Uh, and think about it. John sees and he looks at this and he sees this. Uh, and he thinks, glory to God, it's all over now. Uh, we don't have to worry about it anymore. Uh, everything's good. There's no more Patmos. There's no more sea. Uh, um, there's no more problems of Patmos. Uh, and think about it as John is looking at that rainbow uh, and he's sitting on it and he's been in Patmos for all of that time uh, and he transcended up to heaven uh, and he saw all these things and he said, Thank God, uh, Patmos is over. Hey, man, no more storms rushing the rocks of Patmos. Uh, and can I just remind you that when we get there, all, st- all the storms will be passed. Amen. Wrath is about to fall on this earth. Uh, but there's those days. Those days are over. Hard days. Are you ready to meet Him? Amen. One day you will be before His throne. You'll be face to face with Him. And the long trodden hard road uh, will be over. Our tears, our sorrows, our burdens, uh, our pain, all will then come to an end. Uh, and as John looked at that and he sees the pardoning one, uh, he sees the one who give a promise uh, and who kept that promise uh, and who said there's a rainbow about and this means it is over. Amen. Amen. The one who will see him through is him. A better day's coming. Hallelujah. Amen. A person is seen on the throne. Secondly, there's a people are seen around the throne. There's a people who are seen around the throne, or four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed in white raiments they had on their heads, crowns of gold. John looks, and he sees a group of people around the throne. He sees twenty-four seats, and he sees twenty-four elders. Just amazing how God knows how many seats are needed. Amen. 
But but he had those. He had those. And I, I want you to notice a few things about it. They're, 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 I want you to notice their specific characterization. They're specific. So who? Who? Okay, very simple. Um, their specific characterization. Who? Uh, verse 4 at the beginning it says, And round about the throne were four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting. So who are these individuals? Some people, some people think they're angels. Some people think they're cherubims. People believe that stuff. Now understand. Some people believe they're angels. Some people believe they're cherubims. Uh, and the word elders, I want you, I, I'm, I'm just going to use the Bible, okay? The word elders is never used to describe an angel or a cherubim. Okay, that's the first thing. Uh, other than, uh, uh, others think they represent some other group. Uh, I believe these 24 elders in my study represent the saved. Okay, I believe they represent the redeemed child of God, and that's who they represent. Uh, I want you to look into it. Just think about it for just a moment. Uh, they are sitting on seats. Is that right? You'll never find in the Bible. Now, no, hold on, hold on, hold on one second. One second. I find it interesting that they're sitting, that the same word seats here uh, is the same word throne in verse number 2. You go back to the Greek, it's the same word. Now, uh, uh, thus, they are, they are sitting and reigning with God. Is that right? Well, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says we'll reign with Him. Forever. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12. Revelation chapter 2, verse 6. We will reign with Him. Another thing I'd have to say about it. Angels have never had crowns. I don't care what the portrayal is of them. Angels have never had crowns according to Scripture. You know what else has? Angels also have never been found sitting in the presence of God. They weren't created to sit. They were created to worship Him. And so there there we have that. Revelation 5 and verse 8, the Bible says, And when he had taken the beast, the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take this book and to open the seals, therefore, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us. Okay, so, so, so the elders sing about redemption. But angels are not a redeemed being. So why would it be angels? Therefore, I am of the oppression that these are the only people that needed to be redeemed. The child of God. The ones of the world. The population of the earth. And we are singing hallelujah when we get there. Amen. So we see um, their specific characterization. We see they're seating comfortably. The Bible says they're sitting. Uh, so, so we see where, not only who, but where. This signifies rest, right? So the labors are over and they are sitting at rest in the presence of God in heaven. Uh, and according to scripture, we're seated in, G- in Jesus in heaven today. We're, we're sitting in heavenly places, seated in heavenly places, in Christ, heavenly places with Christ Jesus. I mean, that's our positional situation, okay? So that's how God sees. But practically, practically, I'm still living, laboring, and living in this world and longing for heaven. Practically. One day we will be where God has already positioned us. 
So, I mean, I mean, I just want to remind you that one day this life will, all, with all of its burdens, uh, all of its cares, all of its worries, uh, all of its problems will be behind us forever. And we will go to a new home where those things can never hinder us and never bother us ever again. We'll enter into rest when we enter into heaven. And so, so, so they're seating comfortably. Then I want you to notice they're, 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 they're special clothing. Bible says clothed in white raiment. Now they're clothed in white garments. White garments in the Bible speaks of the righteousness of the saints according to Revelation chapter number 19 verse 8. And so when God saved us, He forgave our sins, cleansed every stain, uh, uh, and put every sin away, and completely He did that. He declared us to be forgiven. Uh, He declared us to be justified in the eyes of God. Uh, But you're washed, but you're sanctified, uh, but you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. Uh, That's what 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 11 tells us. uh, And hallelujah, I'm thankful for that. Uh, The Bible says, therefore now... No condemnation unto them uh, which believe after God and are, I can't remember the whole verse, Romans chapter 5 verse 1. Uh, but I'm thankful that is our positional standing. But practically, we are anything but righteous at times. I desire to be righteous, but we have a hard time keeping perfect holiness. But one day this wicked flesh will drop away forever. As the, as, the, as the song says, uh, this robe of flesh I'll drop and rise and seize the everlasting skies. Or something along those lines. And I'm thankful for that. We will, in that point, in this moment, we will be just like Him. We'll be just like Jesus. The desire, my desire is for my sin to be gone completely. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. There's special clothing. Then I want you to notice there's splendid crowns. The Bible said, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. Now, they have on their head crowns of gold. There are two words in the crown, for crown in the New Testament. And we have went through this before. And one of those words is the word diadem. And this is the word that is used to describe the many crowns that Christ will wear uh, when He returns to this earth in power and glory. To reign. Revelation chapter 19 verse 12. This is a kingly crown. This is a crown of glory. The other word is Stephanos. Stephanos. And it refers to a victor's crown. It's a, it speaks of the crown given to victors in athletic contests. In the Greek games, Paul speaks of this crown a lot. So the diadem is worn by Jesus and the Stephanos is earned by the saints. So, so, so we're told of at least five crowns uh, that can be won by the people of the saints of God. Five crowns. There's the crown of life, James chapter 1 verse 12, uh, and Revelation chapter 2 and verse number 10. The Bible says uh, in that verse, the Bible says, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. A crown of life with the Lord, the righteous judge. Give me. Paul talks about that. Well, Paul talks about a crown of righteousness. Never mind. But, but Paul talks about a crown of life. But, but here we have this crown is given to those who demonstrate their love for Jesus uh, by successfully enduring through trials and through temp- temptations. And then Paul speaks on the crown of righteousness. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, the Bible says that the crown of righteousness which the Lord shall give me and all those who look for His appearing. 
So this crown, this crown is given to those who live in light of the coming of the Lord. They look for the Lord. The saints who long for, live for, and love the Lord Jesus. And this is, that, that's this crown. Aren't you glad about this crown? So there's the crown of life, there's the crown of righteousness, then there is the crown of glory. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 4 talks about the crown of glory and it's speaking of, in context, it's speaking to the pastor. This is to the faithful pastor, it's to the reward for the faithful pastor. And then there is the crown of rejoicing in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 19. And this crown is a reward for those who faithfully share the gospel message and who point others to Jesus Christ. That's this crown. I want that crown, don't you? And then there is the imperishable crown in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25, that Paul teaches about as he's running that race. So there's the crown of righteousness, there's the crown of life, the crown of glory, the crown of rejoicing, the imperishable crown. So this is awarded to those who battle the flesh and seek to live holy lives. And God has it checked on, friend. Amen. He's keeping up perfectly with what's going on in your life. Uh, He sees everything you do for His glory. He knows about every sacrifice. He sees every effort. He takes notes of every prayer, every witness, uh, every um, secret thing you do to bring glory to Him. uh, And whatever it may be. Isn't that a blessing? Amen. He will reward your faithful service one day. Amen. Amen. You may not receive recognition here, but you surely will over there. In fact, if you do what you do for the praise of men, you'll have already received your reward. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 through 6. It's all about Him. Amen? Amen. There's a person that's seen on the throne. There is a people are seen around the throne. Thirdly and lastly, there is a praise is heard before the throne. Verse 5 through verse 11, we'll go through them. I want you to notice an amazing sight. In heaven, there's an amazing sight that takes place here. And out of the thrones, out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. There were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. So as John looks on, some amazing things begin to take place. He's already seen the crowns. He's already seen uh, all the 20 and, uh, 24 elders. He's seen all of those things. But now he's seeing lightnings and thunderings. You know what we're going to call that? We're going to call that signaling sightings. Signaling sights. There's some signaling sights. There's lightnings, there's thunderings, and there's voices. And I believe these things speak accordingly to judgment. I believe they speak of approaching judgment. Uh, so when, when, when thunder and lightning takes place in our life, we see rain is coming soon. Is that all right? So I believe this is speaking of judgment coming. I believe this is something uh, that heaven is booming uh, with the warning signals that judgment is on the way. Uh, and if and we can look throughout Scripture and see the exact same thing uh, where it happened in Revel- Exodus. Exodus chapter number 19. I'm going to turn there. I'm going to read it for you. Exodus chapter number 19 and verse number 16. The Bible says, And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders 
and lightnings and a thick cloud up on the mount. And the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud, so that all the people that was in the camp trembled. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the neither part, nether part of the mount. Moses and Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire, and the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of the furnace, and the whole mount quaked greatly. And when the voice of the trumpet sounded loudly and waxed louder and louder, so Moses spake, and God answered him by a voice. And so we understand you'll see in that passage that this, these same things are seen. Uh, these voices, these trumpets, these, uh, uh, these, um, these lightnings and these thunderings that take place uh, and the heavenly noises then were a warning for the people of Israel uh, to keep their distance from God's holy mountain. That was the warning there. They were on the nether part. Is that right? They, they, they were saying, hey, God was saying, get back from this place. Something holy uh, is about to take place. Uh, and I'm telling you, as the sounds were warning that men uh, had better reverence God, they had better revere God, uh, or they will face Him in utter judgment. Uh, and that's the case here. Uh, and John is looking and he's seeing lightnings, he's seeing thunderings, uh, and he's hearing voices, uh, and judgment is about to take place. They're signaling sights. Then we see spiritual sights. Now the Bible says, and there were seven lamps of fire burning, which is, which are the seven spirits of God. And so this is the spirit of God in his fullness. We can read those as the attributes of God. And we went through Isaiah chapter 11 verse 2. And the spirit is no longer a comforter in this time. As John would have told us it was. That's not the spirit anymore. But rather he is now an instrument of God's judgment. And as in fire, right? So it's just lamps of fire burning before the throne. They were burning and as in fire. And he is there to witness the righteousness of the judgments that are about to fall on the earth. Judgments are fixing to take place, friend. And this spirit is there as a witness of them. They're spiritual sights. Then we see sea sights. Now the Bible says that before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. Remember we talked about this I think a little bit this morning. So the sea is there. It's frozen. I'm thinking it's frozen. That's what this is kind of talking about is the frozen, the frozenness of it. And on this earth there is nothing more constantly changing or in motion than the sea. Nothing more. It's still as glass. It's still as any part. And the ocean is never still. It's never the same. The waves that come up on the sea are never the same. I believe this is speaking very, very seriously in this means. I believe it's speaking very, very seriously when it comes to this. Let me read a verse And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire. Now, throughout all of Scripture, let me turn back to that verse. Mingled with fire. And them that had gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. It's Revelation chapter 16. 
We're going to hit on something just quickly, deep. Not in my notes, okay? I believe that this glass, this sea of glass, this place that is there underneath the throne of God, around the throne of God, I believe down below that is the second heaven, by the way. There's three heavens. We're on one. There's the second heaven, which is the atmosphere, the, the above. Remember how I mentioned this morning that there's spaceships? Remember how I mentioned this morning that how, how come they call it, how come they call it uh, when you're on a boat, they call it knots? How come that's nauticals? I'm just telling you, there's a lot of things. You go back to the book of Job and you'll find out some things. But there's a lot of things that take place when it comes to this. And I believe Satan is above us. And I believe we're going to have to go straight through his dwelling place to get to heaven. I believe you can see that in Exodus. When the children of Israel crossing the Red Sea. And I believe that the last person was, was nipped at the butt by those people. And they were going across. I'm just telling you, there's a lot of things that we can look at and see that. I don't believe that there was a nip at the butt, by the way. But I'm just saying that they were chasing them. And I believe that we can look throughout all of Paul's writing and find so many things that talk about this exact thing. And I believe, as we see here, and I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire. And them that had gotten the victory over the beast. And over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name stand on the sea of glass having hearts. I believe there's a dwelling place right below that sea and it's Satan's dwelling place. Everybody with me or I confuse just all the crazy. All I'm telling you is that there's a lot of things that take place here. The sea is never still. The sea at this point is solid and it's unmoving. I believe the saints of God have made their abode. There's going to be nobody coming up in heaven. There'll be people going out of heaven. You with me so far? There'll be people going out of heaven in a time. Being Jesus and us. And then there'll be a return to heaven. After the defeated battle. But there's some things that take place. Judgment is fixed and it cannot be altered. And thank God for forgiveness today. However, in that day, heaven is fixed. It's sealed. Some serious stuff, guys. But for the lost sinner, this sea reminds us that it has become too late for repentance. It's pretty serious. Judgment is set. Judgment is fixed. And we'll get over to chapter 7. And I believe the people can be saved. Understand me. But God is about to pour out his wrath at this time. Heaven is fixed. There's some sea sites. We're not going to get into any more of that because I don't know everything that I need to know about it before we get into any of that. But I believe there's a sudden dwelling place when it comes to that. There's an amazing sight in heaven. Secondly, I want you to know the astounding shouts in heaven. Before the throne, we'll go through them. Uh, we, we, see, we see praise going around the throne of God. Two groups are resounding praise. Two groups. We'll go through those groups. They'll be the beast and they'll be the believers, okay? Be the beast, they'll be the believers. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before 
and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, the second beast like a calf, the third like a face of a man, the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. The fourth, four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty, which was, is, and is to come. When those beasts gave glory to give honor and thanks to him that sat upon the throne who liveth forever and ever. So it goes through those beasts. There's some details that come with those beasts. So the details of the, the word beast there in the Greek term comes from the word zoon. Z-O-O-N. That's ironic, isn't it? Because we get the same word zoo from that, by the way. Isn't that ironic? Everybody with me real quick? Isn't it ironic that, you, that God just knew what he was doing? So we get the word zoo from that. We get the word zoology from that. And John sees them before the throne, and he says that they are full of eyes before, before and behind. This speaks of intelligence. It speaks of they can see all things. You know, I got eyes in front, my eyes in my back. Then there was one like a lion. This represents wild animal life. Okay? There was one like a calf. This represents the domestic animals. Um, then there was one like a man. This re- represents the mankind, uh, intelligent life. And then there was one like an eagle, and this represents the bird life. Did it, uh, now, now, these four beasts represent entirely of God's creation. Get it together. But I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you to catch something just real quick, okay? Everybody in here believes that Satan was cast out of heaven, right? There's one missing. You look at it. There's one missing. Now you tell me there is the bird life, there's the uh, human life, there's the domestic animal life, there's the, anim- there, there's the wild animal life, but where is the reptiles? Why does the Bible call Satan the great dragon? Why did he come as a snake the first time? All I'm telling you, is that's just something for you to suck on for a little while, okay? Now these four beasts represent the entirety of God's creation minus that, uh, and the reptiles are not mentioned, and I believe that that could be Satan prior to the part of the fall. I'm not, y'all know me, I'm not just some riddle. I'm not just some theologian buff or anything. I'm a student of the word. I'm not a scholar. Um, but, I, but I just believe that there was part of that uh, that has to do that. He's the great dragon. It says the great dragon. And if, if I don't know anything else, I know that a dragon is not part of the wild animal or the domestic animal or the human race uh, or the bird life. But it's part of the reptilians. I don't even know if that's a word, but it is now. And I believe that could have been that. But they're full of eyes. Perfect intelligence. They have six wings. Speaks of swiftness. The Bible says they rest not. Speaks of ceaseless activity. These representatives of all creation stand in the presence of God and they lift their voice up to the Creator. But man, there ain't no snakes there. There ain't no reptiles there. It's just something to me. Satan had his place. There he is. We see him, the 
details of the beast. I want you to notice the declaration of the beast. Now, verse 9, the Bible says, When those beasts gave, we read that. Verse 10, The four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat. Let me, let me just read the end of verse 8, actually. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. That declaration, they had something to declare. They declared his holiness. They declared his righteousness. They declared his eternal state. They declared his sovereignty. They declared his control over all things. And all of nature, minus then, is involved in praising the Lord. It's amazing to me. The leaves turn, their, the leaves turn up when, when rain falls from heaven. It's praising the Lord. The, the, the flower that was fallen over when the dew falls in the morning rises up when the sun comes up. Right? The grass goes down when at night falls. But when the sun comes up and the dew puts on it, it raises us up. God knew what he was doing. God knew what he was doing. And these four beasts are representatives and they say, hey, we're going to worship the Lord. The birds chime in the morning when the sun comes up. Just telling you, there's things that they're going to glorify the Lord. Their declaration. So we've seen the beasts, now I want you to see the believers and I'll be done. Verse 9, And when those beasts gave glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who lived forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne and say, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. For thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created. It isn't just the four living creatures that lift their voices in praise. But when the four beasts begin to praise the Lord, the twenty-four Elders join right in. Four things about the, that worship that they're about that they're doing there. Number one, it's a voluntary praise. I don't see anybody in there forcing them to worship. Nobody's seen forcing them to praise the Lord. Uh, and when they hear the Lord exalted, they cannot help but just join in right in with Him. Uh, and they fall down before Him and they worship their blessed Redeemer. And I'll tell you something, if you're saved in here tonight, you all do the same thing. Amen, Amen friend. It's, it's voluntary. It's a voluntary praise. Uh, and I'm thankful that God didn't force me to do it, but I want to do it because He's good. Amen, friend. It's voluntary. You know what else it is? I believe. I, look at 10. 10. Um, let me see. And worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying. Um, so so it's, it's visible praise. It's visible. They, they don't just praise the Lord in their hearts. They don't praise him. They fall down before him and they offer visible, open, un, uh, un, untarnished praise to the Lord. Uh, they give him the crowns they've gotten. This is us, by the way. The visible praise, it's voluntary. I, I believe it's valuable praise. Now the Bible says, uh, let's see, let's see, and cast their crowns before the throne say. They're casting crowns there. They take the crowns that they have been given uh, and they cast it at the feet of the Lord God uh, and they acknowledge that where they are, when they have, uh, and everything they've accomplished uh, is a direct result of His, result of his power, uh, of His prominence, of His grace, of His love, uh, of His mercy. Uh, it's all because of Him uh, and everything they ever have, uh, everything they've ever kept together, uh, everything they ever gained from this 
world uh, is laid at the feet of Jesus. Uh, it's nothing about me and nothing that I have done. Uh, it's all about Him and what He has done uh, and what He's going to do, friend. Uh, we owe it all to Him. Amen, hey, friend. They're not concerned about their own glory, but they're lost in the glory of God. That's what we need to do. It's a valuable praise, friend. Giving all that you got to the Lord. You might as well get used to giving it now. Amen. Lastly, and I'm done. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure there are and were created. I don't believe they're saying thou art worthy, O God. Anybody hear me? Thou art worthy, O God. I don't believe that's not what they're saying. I believe it was vocal. I believe they were saying, Thou art worthy, O God. Uh, um, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. uh, For Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure uh, are and were all things created. uh, And friend, on top of everything else, they open their mouths. uh, They loudly proclaim their love uh, and their adoration for the Lord. uh, And He's worthy of that today. Uh, He's powerful today. Uh, He's prominent today. Uh, He's in His place reigning today uh, and what a time it is of praise uh, and we need to worship him now amen friend do you want to know what we will be doing in heaven we will not be floating around on a cloud we will not be strumming around on a harp we might be I don't know it says that we have harps over here Um, but neither will we be fishing We will not be hunting. We may not be sleeping or any other foolish things you hear from time to time. That's not the things we will be doing when we get to heaven. And if you want to know what we'll be doing, look no farther than the passage you see right before you tonight. And when we leave here, we will be called up, we'll be cleaned up, and we'll be called up in praise and worship to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going there for. And when we arrive there, we will see what we were, where we were headed, and what He has done to save our souls souls uh, and we will comprehend it uh, and we will not be able to restrain our praise or hold anything back Uh, uh, we're looking through a glass darkly now uh, but when I see him uh, and when you see the wounds in his hand uh, and when you see the wounds in his feet uh, and the wounds in his head uh, and all those things when you see what he did for you uh, I promise you you will not be able to contain your praise The Bible says, Oh, that man would praise the Lord for his wonderful works. And the, for his wonderful works. And I can't remember the rest of the verse. For his goodness to the children of men or something along those lines. But I'm telling you, friend, that there's nothing wrong with praising the Lord now. The only thing wrong with it is that it's not nearly done enough. If we want to praise him, then let's do it here like we would do it there. I think it's important, man. Our praise should be our praise should be voluntary. It should be visible. It should be valuable. And it should be vocal. It should be. And I look forward to seeing my Lord, my God. Amen. Right. Amen. I look forward to joining my voice with those of the other redeemed saints of God. Amen. And praising the one who sought me out, who bought me out, and who brought me out for his glory. Amen. Amen, friend. I don't want to go to I don't want to get to heaven and learn how. I want to do it now. What a day that will be. When my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace, when he takes me by the hand, leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be. That will be the first sight 
in heaven.